What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. another episode of Minority Reports Podcast and Digital Series. I am your host, Mona Shake. You guys, what is happening? It is TGIF. It's Friday. I'm glad this week is over. It's been a long week and I'm glad. It was just kind of like snail-like. It was just kind of crawling like I had stuff to do and it was just weird. So I'm just glad the weekend is here. It's the freaking weekend. I'm so happy. And I'm very excited about my guest today. Uh, because I, this guest is not just a guest. She's been a, become a really, really good friend. And I consider her a dear friend. Uh, I mean, her story is amazing and I want her to come on, uh, and talk to us about her story. But, uh, this person, uh, you know, came from India, you know, got an engineering degree, is like highly accomplished. And was just like, you know what? That's not good enough in life. Let me also do stand-up comedy and be actually really good at it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna introduce her, and we're gonna hear from her. My very talented friend, Monty Mera. How are you? Hi. Yay! So nice to see you. I, I was saying before we started that how fabulous your hair looked. Oh, thank you. And I think, you know, I, like I said, I have to keep up with Mona. So keeping up with the shake. <laughs> keeping up with the shake, baby. It's funny because uh, anytime I have uh, guests or friends come over, they're like, oh, my God, Mona, you always have your nails done and your hair and your makeup. I'm like, yeah, this is the only time I don't feel like garbage about myself. So I just try to put in an effort because during the pandemic, dude, everybody's like walking around in sweatpants and pajamas. Nobody wants to dress. Mine, you don't want to know what I'm wearing down, you know? I'm wearing slippers, so just saying. Slippers are fine. I thought if you were like sitting in a in in your chetty or something, then I'd be like, oh. possible. This is just my shirt and jacket, and that's about it. <laughs> You're like, I'm uh, free balling uh, below. <laughs> I have the fan blowing to keep me cold. Very much possible. Pandemic is possible. I wore this, I was like, you know, who's going to wear this? And I was like, no, I think I'd rather look sophisticated. Fantastic. So, Mansi, you know, you and I have been friends for a little bit. You've done a ton of our, you know, of Minority Report shows, and it's always a pleasure having you, and you always do such a great job at them. I want to actually kind of go back into your story about, you know, you were born and raised in Delhi, um, and, you know, you've had a very interesting life. Like, you pretty much, you are very much a self-made woman. I mean, you were, you know, in Mumbai, I'm sorry, in Delhi, and, uh, you didn't really have uh, a pretty big support system. So tell me about, like, how you even ended up in America. I think that was accident. Accident. I swear to God, it was accident. Well, I was, um, my dad was in the army, so I've, like, traveled all over India. And um, I've been, uh, my parents are from Delhi, but I've, like, you know, traveled all over India for my studies. And after that, last stop that I made was in Mumbai. Um, and that's where I was working with the multinational company where things went 
downhill and um, wasn't really good what it, it wasn't a good experience but mm. with that what happened was somebody from that company had challenged me that he will throw me out of the company and i said and that was the year of 2008 oh. the recession year so he said if i throw you <laughs> out nobody's going to even take you back because there's no point like they're not going to be hiring it's you know recession going on so i told him i said you know what that's fine let's you know let's see where who wins this and oh. he was my boss and i said you know what i don't know it's my i'm fairly new to corporate world so what am i going to do and i said you know do or die so yeah. either i'm going to be at a place where you wanted to go and you were never able to make it or i'll be out of the company if you win well so what was his problem why was he threatening to throw you out there was a lot of i think he had some issues with you know north indians working in mumbai uh, a lot of people come up with this prejudice you know how it is like immigrants coming and working in america similarly north indians coming to work in um mumbai there there are these issues all the time and like pakistanis working in india they always have these issues right they whenever you're not from that spot even within delhi even if you are in north india and they'll be like oh now you're not in from this space like come on Yeah so that kind of mentality he came with right. and he's and also a woman you know a woman really taking charge of things and he just couldn't take it so mm. uh, and knowing myself i i mean honestly at that time i didn't know myself that well that you know i'll be behaving this way but i realized that i was pretty strong headed i said you know yeah. what let's take it and 10 months i just worked my ass off at work as well as worked my ass off getting admission in america and i said i don't know what it is like i have no idea what's on the other side of the globe but we yeah. take and, and i did and so so you're at this company and he's like i'm going to throw you out and you're like all right fucking challenge accepted fucker bring it <laughs> Uh, I really wish he's listening to this because he's so. And I went back and checked. I checked on him. I found out he was uh, demoted and he was, you know, the team was taken away from him. It was like right, he, he sounds he, like a he sounds like a horrible leader. Yeah, he was. And then I think he, over the period of time, it was just not me. There were so many other females who had complained about him. So it wow. kind of, uh, you know, bit him back. So wow. uh, I feel sad for the other people or you know people who didn't raise their concerns. I think it's important for women to just. voice the concerns and just yes. not be you know just taking bullshit yeah i yeah. mean you know mansi you and i come from i come from pakistan you come from india you know our cultures really forbid and it really discourage and even punish women for speaking up when they do like he was he was holding repercussions against you he was like you speak up and you complain you're going to be out of a fucking job in the middle of a recession like what a piece of shit yes yes and that's what he i think I think he had a misconception maybe he had seen women like that that you know she's going to shut down as well subservient subservient I you know yeah. he came came across the wrong one so <laughs> yes he fucking did fucker <laughs> so you're working your ass off for 10 year for 10 months and then you're simultaneously also applying for jobs in the US I no not just jobs I was applying for jobs in India I was uh, preparing for CAT for MBA in India I was uh, working my ass off to make sure that I sustain in the company just for the time being so that you know I don't lose my job and then look for the next step I rather sustain in the company while he's trying to make up a plan to kick me out and in the meantime I was applying I gave my GRE I gave my TOEFL exam I studied for everything so that I can come 
to us and you know I, and i was i didn't know what to expect you know because i was well qualified i had good certifications i was microsoft uh, certified all that good stuff yeah still i wasn't sure what uh, kind of um ability i have or you know are my credentials good hey tim uh, so yeah i wasn't sure but then end of the day when i got i had applied to six universities mona and you will not believe out of six five of them admitted me and wow. two of them gave me scholarships wow like full paid scholarships <laughs> yeah and i said you know what i i didn't think i of myself having so much credibility mm-hmm. i was underestimating myself but i think over the period of time as i learned more about uh, you know what i can do and what i'm capable of i think it just kept going from there yeah where do you think that comes from matsi that uh, that's that kind of low self esteem i guess maybe you can call it or not giving yourself credit what do you think is that cultural is that familial is that kind of family you yeah. grew up in what what where it's does that come from it's all of it it's a mix of all of it it's a mix of um, background you come from it's a mix of uh, culture uh, a lot of the times uh, especially in engineering it's so sad to see even today forget about like i'm not even talking about 90s and 2000 i'm talking 2021 there are times when i walk in a room and i'm the only female wow and i am not talking to just guys someone from just college i'm talking from like well full grown men who are like 50s 40s and you know like engineers architects in the room and then when i walk in i'm the only female wow well i mean this level of disparity monsi you think women are just kind of discouraged i mean when you went to college in 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 delhi like wh- how many women were in your in your engineering classes well i thankfully i so i went to uh, i happened to go to a college which was all women yeah. i happened to and that's one of the rarest colleges i think most of them are um, and this is something which a lot of engineers uh, who are listening would uh, vouch for not many so the ratio is super bad like terrible if it's a coed it's super bad like it's so bad that if you are like three chicks in the in the room then yeah. all the guys are eyeing on you because it's a competition and it's like 60 guys and three chicks that's about it Wow. So uh, or I'd say like if if I had to exaggerate it'll be like 10 girls uh, but if you go to IIT there'll be probably like 3 to 5 guy- girls and then rest are guys so uh, you and then you don't know whether those 3 or 10 whatever the number is are go- that is that number going to sustain in the long run like even if you get your degree doesn't mean that your family or you or your husband or your you know extended family is going to um you know push you and let you pursue that career uh, mm. because you have other responsibilities and you are bound to have those first right uh getting married and getting knocked up and taking care of children yes <laughs> because, uh, there's more to it no come on there's like cooking cleaning <laughs> you know. oh, i'm sorry i missed out on those very yeah, important yeah. chores yeah just uh, uh brushing their egos that's it Well, you know, I I I'm going to I'm going to like speak uh Urdu or Hindi for a little bit uh and then I'm going to translate it for my my viewers. But you know, in Pakistan we have the same thing. We have uh there there's a there's been a problem where all these women who are doctors get married and then their husbands are also doctors and they don't want to get feel threatened, so they yeah. tell their wives to stay home and 
you know, cook and clean and get pregnant and just take care of the family, right? Because that's a woman's job and a woman's duty, which is so fucked up because these are very highly patriarchal, misogynistic environments, you know. But uh, yeah, we, you know, we we have this uh, saying in Urdu, at least, like, at least that's what we say. It's just like, you know, doctor se shadi karni aur usko doctor ko pe ghar laake usko, you know, khana, khana banwana hai usar, you know, jharu pocha karwana hai. <laughs> like in other words, like I'm gonna have a do- I'm gonna have a doctor daughter-in-law, and then I'm gonna bring her home only for her to cook and clean and fucking wipe the floor, mop the floor for me. Yeah. So you want a learned uh, sweeper, right? You got you want an educated uh, you want an educated, educated house, house yeah. cleaner, well qualified and fully certified <laughs> with degree. My sweeper has a doctorate degree. That's shit. correct. Like my my cook right now in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, she's a she's a heart surgeon, but guess what? We're not putting yeah, that in my heart. <laughs> but exactly. But she makes a mean chicken curry. Mean. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's uh yeah, I mean it's really sad, Monsi, you know. Do you get asked that? Do you get asked that, you know, you're so uh well achieved and you know, after that, how well do you cook? Like is that does it ever come do people ask you that question? You mean people as in uh, fellow desis? Dates, yeah, in, in your dates. Like, do they expect you that, oh, you've done this and this and you do, Mona, you're doing this and this is so cool. But let me ask you this question. Uh, do you cook? I don't go out with fuckers like that. <laughs> She's like already mentioned them. <laughs> I That's the first thing I do. I get on a call. I'm like, are you going to ask me a fucking cooking question? I'm going to hang up on you right now. As a matter of fact, actually, I'm quite shameless. I asked them. I'm like, do you? Cook? Oh, nice. I, like- I asked them. I'm like, do you cook? Uh, like, what are what are like some of the domesticated stuff you do? Are you a good baker? You know, I and the guy's like, oh, I love to cook. I'm like, great. Then I'll be kicking nice. back. Well, just for the record, she's a very good. She's an amazing cook. She doesn't want to pick it up. <laughs> but she is. I do love to cook. It's true. I, I uh, cooking for me is relaxing. But you know, no, yeah. I don't really. Have you been asked that? Like, have you been on dates or talking to guys and they're like, can you cook? I like ask obnoxious questions all the time. Yeah, like not just cooking. There's like so many of them. You know, one first time I remember, I remember there was one guy who asked me the first time. The first are question. these are these Indian guys? Are these uh, white guys? Who are they? Indian guys, Indian guys. Right. He would ask me. There's one guy who directly asked, like, "Okay, what's your visa status?" I'm like, "Excuse me, <laughs> visa status." Yeah. <laughs> then there's another trick to it then you ask uh, if you don't want to ask straight up they'll be like okay so how long have you been in the country okay so how long have you been working so how long have you been staying in LA and then where have you been working and what have you been working and how much are you st- have you studied with all those characteristics once you know that you kind of understand where they are if they are in the visa process or not or what if they are a citizen or not right so it's a trick I once dated this Pakistani guy he's a producer uh, he was an idiot. He's also a fucking drug addict and alcoholic, but that's besides the point. Um, and I remember when I was dating him, he wouldn't, he, he was kind of a little bit on the shorter side. Um, he, at least in the beginning, we got along. He was all right looking. He wasn't like a hottie or anything. And he couldn't believe that I was interested in dating him. So he kept asking me if I needed a citizenship. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And I was like, your low self-esteem is dictating this question right now? Like, you can't process a girl like me would date you. So the only thing you can come up with is that I need my citizenship by marrying you? Like, right. yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm like, well, I'm a citizen. Don't worry about it. I don't need shit from you. In your face. Fuck you. Fucking check into AA, you fucking drug addict motherfucker. The fuck out of my face. Like, for real. See, uh, you know, with these... I think just overall, this whole picture of understanding, just thinking about citizenship or other parameters, yeah. it's become very sad because then you overlook the other qualities that yeah. that you will realize when you find someone who's a loser, someone who doesn't have self-esteem, someone who's not achieved much, even if they haven't, even if they're living a basic life, you will realize what you're losing when you miss a woman like that. Yes. Asking these questions, just think about it, that what's in you know what's in it for you when you are not just looking at the basic aspects of like a citizenship or maybe because she's i'm rich or because i'm hot or because i have fame or because i have all that bullshit crap can you just keep it aside because you're marrying the person and or you're dating a person or you're being with a person and there's much more to be on the table like there's so much more we bring to the table so come on like just you know open your eyes right right and you're not like you're not like uh, here on like a visit visa and then just like i'm here on a visit visa trying to get a husband it's like no you've been here you're established you're uh, you know you you have a full-blown career uh right. you, you know you make really good money you're incredibly self-sufficient you're educated like all these things people just want to overlook and then ask you dumb questions like oh do you need a citizenship it's like motherfucker you ain't that hot like relax <laughs> that's so true I I also feel like over the period of time I think once people start knowing you or if they've lost you I think that's when you know it's it, in retrospect, they think, oh, shit. Has that happened to you where oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, like they come back and they're like, oh, I messed up. I'm so sorry. That happens to me. So I'm sure it happens so many times. <laughs> what do you say to these guys? Like when they come back after five or six months or a year, oh, I messed up. What do you say to them? Too late, honey. Too late. I'm so sorry. It's taken. <laughs> the train. And no, I am I reach the next station now. <laughs> I mean, you know what's interesting, Lancy, is that uh these guys will probably repeat that same pattern with another woman because their train their their mentality is as such that they only think of there's a lot of men out there, right? Sadly, I have dated a few of them, uh, <laughs> who think that women are just out there to get your money. They're out there. To just take from you, to just like leave, like they they want to marry you, take half your shit, and then tell you to fuck off. And it's like, yeah. if you can't differentiate a good woman from a gold digger, that's on you. That's not my problem. Great. I'm not. Great. I'm. I want a part. I want a partner, not a project. So if you're a fucking project, I gotta go. <laughs> that is so true. Very well put, Mona. I do like when you said you need a partner, and I think I. I 
I really feel if men start looking and those those specific men start looking at things that, especially in places like LA, New York, San Francisco, where it's so hard to self sustain or like just you can self sustain, but if in a family, if you're the only source, it's so hard. You like hand to mouth because it's you know it's so expensive. Um, being having a partner. And in every aspect, whether it's a house or outside, it's it just makes life so much better. Like, why yeah. can't you look at it like that, that? Oh, my God, this woman has so much to give. I have so much to give. It's That's a win-win right. situation. Why don't we partner up and have a good life and have a good family? Like, you know, it's right. it's just so much easy to look at it like that. But just with all these preconceived notions they come with. Oh, my God, it's so sad. I'm like, dude, it could have been so much better if you, you know, had an open mind uh, but you know unfortunately that's fine I honestly I am I'm so happy that it didn't happen uh, a lot of times because if that's the mentality you come with I think in the long run a lot of these uh, a lot of other issues could have come up with because right. of mentality yeah right I mean sooner or later shit is gonna hit the fan that's sooner or later yeah. Yeah. right because that's uh that's the kind of mentality you always live in right, right. Yeah. I mean, Mansi, when you were in India, I mean, what? I mean, I bet you were back in there, went back into two thousand eight. Like, were you going on dates back there, or like you were just focusing on work, or was that even a thing back then? Thing, it was a thing. I was. Uh, I wouldn't say just dating. I was like a, like a long term relationship. It was uh, going quite well until. Um, his mom was not so happy, and his mom's like, "Oh, she's snatching my 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 son. She's snatching away." And I said, oh, "No, I'm not snatching away." And the next thing she hears, she goes, "Oh, maybe because my son is uh, uh, earning money, so she's after his money." And I laughed my ass off. I said, "You know, your son is a copywriter. I'm an engineer. I think I'm earning more than him." Wow. I, I didn't think about it, but now you bring money to the table. Let me tell you, I'm going to US. And it still doesn't matter to me. I was still talking to that guy. And the mom's like, she's after my son's money. I was like, yeah, sure. Because he's in rupees and I'm in dollars. <laughs> so, that's how I got you. But see, and you know, it goes back to this. Uh, this this past uh, week, I had, uh, I forgot which is the guest I was talking to about how, oh, just yesterday, actually. It's so funny. Kate Willett is a comedian based in New York City. And I had her on. And uh, we were talking about how men are raised, right? I mean, the reason that women like you and I, who are, you, you know, we're smart, we're independent, we make our own money, we're successful, for us to struggle with finding a decent human being as a partner is really challenging. And it goes back to mothers like that, right? Mothers who are like, my son is making so much money. It's like, bitch, he's a copywriter. She's going to America with a fucking engineering degree. Are you, uh, what kind of crack are you smoking? Like, what is wrong with you, right? But it's, it's that kind of mentality where the mothers are not raising their sons well. They're not. This is a problem globally where they're teaching their sons to be like, oh, you are the fucking king of whatever, right? right. And yeah. any woman would be so lucky to be with you. And it's like, chill out. But I don't think there's a problem in there because eventually you see the results now. You see what's going to happen to the girl when she excels in her, you know, career or wherever. Yeah. Um, and what guy lands up with. And yeah. end of the day, if the mom is so intrusive, eventually it will 
impact the long term relationship wherever he's going to have you know it's not going to be ending there so i think there has to be and i've learned this from america and i've learned this from this culture where people also have this habit of minding their own business which is so beautiful mm-hmm. uh, you know at least when it's a husband and wife relationship it's just like between them and yeah. it's not in i mean it's nice to have the entire family but then when it comes to disputes or like personal matters if you keep it between the two people it just makes it cleaner yeah. um i hope you know people at least guys uh, you know especially in india have seen that uh, have that Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Uh, you know, bring up that mentality of like keeping the family outside when it comes to any kind of disparity or any kind of dispute. So, right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, James said, um, another issue... I've seen is that a person has a love interest, but the other person is deeply flawed, and the person thinks that they thinks that they will change after marriage. Yeah, uh-huh. that, that's, that's a very valid point. Yeah, I, I think I, yeah, I think especially with the one thing I've learned, and this is something a lesson learned. I it, it didn't come naturally to me, but this was from a relationship that you can't change a person. As simple as that, you can't change a person. This is what you get. You like it, take it. Don't like it, leave it. Don't sign up for something. I mean. Malte, it's so hard to change yourself. Oh, yeah. How could you put that on somebody else to be like, I need you to change because this this ver- this version of you is not entirely making me happy. So I need you to adjust. statement, it's not a project that I want to take up. I, it's a partnership. It's not a I wanna, you have drug addictions, I, I got to go. You got mama, go. Addition, mama problems, I got to go. You got trauma you don't want to resolve, I got to go. Right. You're, a, you're a drug addict. I got to go. Alcoholic. I got to go, man. It's not yeah. my problem. You know? Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's a, it's a, it's a real thing. Now, is the divorce rate very high in India now, Mansi? Suddenly this part, these past five, 10 years, I'd say, uh, it's increased exponentially. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty sad to see that, the marriages have not even lasted forget a year like i'm has they've not lasted even for months or i've seen two weeks also yeah. um, and you have to wait for the divorce for real change yeah um yeah so it's exponentially increased it's pretty much adapted what what's been happening in the west so it's it's no longer like you know the tradition the traditional indian marriage like people can't stand each other and just get divorced it's pretty sad I mean, it's sad, Monty, but it's also what would be sadder to stay in a relationship because your entire financial dependence is on a man. That That's is even sadder. 
that's even sadder that's so true yeah uh but i yeah i mean i'm saying that just how people had tolerance earlier sometime back what are you drinking that looks nice it's water with lemon come on i was thinking about something i was like i thought it was like oh something's orange here vodka vodka or something like a clear margarita or something no not that fancy not that fancy at all so yeah so it has increased but um yeah i mean it's just the way how people have now been um yeah tolerant you didn't have marriage proposals while you were coming to america because that's what i got i got a whole bunch of marriage proposals before i came to the u.s oh yeah they were like they were like take my son with you i'm like i'm good Mm -hmm. no i didn't have that way i remember when i was in my undergrad uh and my father was also very you know uh, my parents both of them had this thing that you know let the girls do what they want to do Mm -hmm. that was that was definitely there and i know for a fact that you know they believe that okay if you're, if you're doing engineering finish your studies you know they never had this thing that okay you have to get married you have to get married so i remember one day my father comes home and he says he tells my mom i went to a store and some uncle was trying to you know call me in the corner i said what happened and my mom my mom's like uh what, what who's this uncle you know what is it about and he goes oh it's a, a marriage proposal for mansi and he laughed we just laughed we just like it was like it was not even a question like wow. honestly not so i was i was so happy because everybody laughed at it i think my mom was drinking water she spat out uh, but it was just funny and i think now that i look at it like how parents how you know families behave that oh wow you know it's a nice and apparently his last name was also mehra we were from the same you know background or something or same um, whatever the the, uh, the uh, whatever you call it same, same uh, last name and this guy was both the brothers i think they said there were two brothers and they both were in america and that's when i was doing undergrad there was no plan of coming to america so i just laughed at the whole situation that what if i had gotten married to some mehra back in like i don't know 2003 4 and by doing undergrad and decided that oh wow it's in america and i want to go there and that's what you know if i was that person and there are a lot of people like that no sure. so you know it would have been such a different life and now having your own You probably uh, won't be doing stand up, Monty. You probably won't be doing stand up comedy. Of course, if you don't stand up, I won't be an engineer. <laughs> Too far. Okay. I might be a good cook on maybe not, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just burning the house down. You're like, "Oh, you want to do it, you know?" Yes. <laughs> That's possible. Man, isn't that sad though, Monty? You know, sometimes when uh, you and I are pretty notorious for doing south asian gigs right uh, whether yeah. i'm seeing events and stuff like that and one of the key things i always notice is these beautiful ladies gorgeous women married to some ugly ass people and you're like yo this dude is fucking ugly <laughs> do you fuck him with the paper bag on his head cuz this motherfucker is ugly And then you're like, "Oh, you're beautiful. You were young." So he went back to Pakistan or would they went go back to India and find like the hottest chick they can get their hands on and then bring her here and then just keep her as like a trophy wife or whatever, you know, knock her up, have ha- let her have multiple children and just have her under th- under their thumbs and like that's it. That's the 
That's the thing. Now, I'm not saying that's for everybody, but no. that seems to be a trend that I've seen. Because I see some beautiful ladies, and I, I asked one of them. I saw her, and I saw her husband, and I almost vomited in my mouth. <laughs> I was like, you you sleep with this guy? Like, you have children, right. man. Like, wow. You let him see you naked. This is disgusting. Um, <laughs> I, I asked her, I'm like, I'm like, you were really beautiful. I'm like, you're really beautiful. And she's like, yeah, I'm like, that's how that's how you ended up in America. Like you married this. She was like, yeah, she's like, yeah, that's what these guys do. You know, they they have money or they have some kind of career. They go to Pakistan. They find the hottest, youngest thing they can get their hands on and they bring them here. And, you know, they don't have to date. They don't have to. They don't have to put up with the, the wife has to put up with them. This is a pick and come, come. Yeah, I get it. I've actually, it's pretty sad because I literally experienced this a few weeks ago. Um, it's it's really sad to see, say this, but uh, unfortunately, I have seen in my circle where I asked the person, hey, what, what are you up to? What are you laughing? The way you're setting it up. I don't know why I'm cracking up. It is so sad. Literally, I asked the guy, uh, he's, he's a good friend of mine, and I'm sorry if I'm, you know, busting the bubble, but I really didn't like, and I don't give a shit. Uh, I asked him, what are you up to? And he goes, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to India. And I was like, oh, why? How come? Like, it's COVID. What, what are you up to? Why are you going to India? He goes, oh, well, it's so lonely here. And I'm already finding a girl over here. So I'm going to get a wife in India. I was like, what? It's like, are you buying a car? Like, I'm going to the store. That's exactly what he's doing. What the fudge? Like, I want to go to India and get a guy. Like, you know, I can I just buy a guy? Like, just go and pick up a guy and just come here? I, it's, it's like so sad. And then, it, obviously, you, you hear this less when a girl says, like, you know, I'm going to go to India and, and get a guy. Yeah. But I've seen so often that it's a thing and it's normal. Mm. Uh, why is it so normal that, you know, you just uh, tell, you know what, I'm going to go. You couldn't find a girl in your premise or in America, but you think that obviously I'll have definitely someone in India and I'll be able to find a girl. So I can just go to India, find like good go two, three months and be able to find a girl. Like, And he's going to Mansi, sadly. He yes, will. He is. And and she'll be beautiful too, and she won't be she won't be ugly either. Yeah. She'll be really pretty. And the way it's gonna be put out is, you know, the guys in America is gonna be put out as like the guy's earning well, and he's got a career, all that good stuff. But I feel like is that what charms? Like you know, then you're putting the guy on a pedestal, and then you're saying, you know what? Oh, he's got everything, so you just gotta go with the flow and go with him. I just feel that whole dynamic is so different because in the long run, it's always gonna be like I got you here. And I'm not talking, I'm not, you know, demeaning the person I'm talking about, but I'm talking about the trend. Because here's what's the problem. Mona, there have been people in, especially in California, I've seen, but I can only talk about California because that's what I know about. But I'm pretty sure this is happening in other states as well. People bring the girl, uh, they are on visa, they have a dependent visa, the girl has a dependent visa. Tomorrow, the girl and guy have a fight. The guy will torture her, not help her in her visa, ask her to get the fuck out. So basically she's thrown out of the country because the guy doesn't want it anymore. So it's she's a puppet in the guy's hands because it's all dependent on the guy. Right. And now the guy becomes manipulated. What right. kind of bullshit? Now, okay, there is a problem here, but don't you think it's starting from where it all began? Right. If you are letting the other person dictate 
on his terms then you know i think you were at fault before signing up you should have read the terms and conditions right right i mean you know what it is monty i mean just to play a little bit of a devil's advocate there's also hope right you got to have some kind of hope you got to have some kind yeah. of faith in a person to be like i hope that this i'm thinking that this person's a nice person i'm hoping that this person's a kind person but if they turn out to be an absolute douchebag that that was just going to be sadly part of the process that you were going to learn you know while being with them right you know, you know? I so you, but i also feel like as a girl or as a female anytime you make a decision why don't you just stand up on your own feet and sometimes just take you know make those calls right. rather than thinking that you know what once i go to america and i'll do this and this you know and and then i will explore my opportunities a lot right. of people come with this perception that once i'm in america i will have my business set up i will have my right clothing line or whatever the side thing i like to do i will do it there once i reach there through some means like seriously give me a break yeah, yeah. i mean but you know what it is monsi like not a lot of women you know people don't always think like that you know for some women and also for women it's you know when you're being dumbed down at home to be like you're a woman like your entire job right is to like get married and have kids and all that stuff comes later later just to yeah. later you know yeah. i think in your instance and in my instance um and i and i don't know how comfortable you are about talking about this i mean but look i mean i grew up with boys like i have four older brothers i mean i was raised like a son i wasn't necessarily raised like a daughter so much you know right. i wasn't raised to be like you're going to get married one day it was that was never really part of the conversation for us it was all about get educated and then we'll see where the fuck things happen right, right. um and i i feel like also because i grew up with a father who was you know as independent as he as he pushed me to be he was also you know i guess not very emotionally dependent because he was yeah. pretty emotionally unavailable he had tremendous demons of his own Which, in retrospect might have worked in your favor in the long run because you are very independent and you are not dependent on any of those people i feel like you right. drive your own uh, thing all the time whether it's a show or it's you know anything you do in your life i think you've been very self driven because of the same reason Yes, and you know what it is, Monty. As much of as the positive as it as it is, it also is a double-edged sword, right? I recently read this quote. It said that it said extreme independence is a form of trauma, and I hundred yeah. percent agree with that, right? For yeah. us yeah. to be to be able to open ourselves and makes us make ourselves vulnerable to a man, it's fucking hard. It's right. really hard because yeah. we never really had at least I had it had men I could really just depend on. I always That's had true. to rely on myself. So yeah. now when it comes to intimate relationships, it becomes a challenge. It becomes this power struggle, right? Where wow. the man is like, "I want to take care of you." And I'm like, "No, fuck off. I don't I don't want you to take care of me." Actually, um I think I was the same this pattern that you know, uh, when it comes I have somebody told me one of my very good friends she said uh If he wants to hold your bag, let him do that. Right. Like I can pick my bag myself. That's she goes, no, that's what you don't do. You <laughs> fucking let them pick the bag. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. it's just it's very light. It's not that heavy. And she goes, that's no, right. just let them pick the bag. I was like, all right, fine, just pick the bag. <laughs> I, uh, I have, yeah, I have noticed some on C that if I'm dating a guy and if I'm carrying bags and he doesn't offer. that's a huge red flag for me. Oh, wow. Well, huge I red flag. learned this also in America when I saw uh you know it's not an Indian thing, 
But I think in America, you know, chivalry is obviously, you know, you open the door, you hold the door, you pull the chair. There's like so many of these different, you know, very nice etiquettes I've seen where people, you know, are pretty, they, they tend to be chivalrous, at least in the beginning. But in, in India, I don't think that's a thing. So like, they'll just come and sit and I'm like, all right, you sit there. Really? And, yeah, it is not not this is not a thing. I'm not I'm not saying all of India. I can't speak to like the entire country. Of course not. But I'm just talking in general. Uh, it's it it's not very. It's not surprising if it doesn't happen. Mm. Like you're not really expected. This doesn't come naturally to them unless they've seen it in movies and they are kind of uh, uh, imitating the West. That's when it happens. But uh, to be honest, it's not something very. It's not second nature to them, yeah. So if you go on a date with a guy in India, he's not going to ask you like, hey, where where would you like to go eat? Uh, let me make reservations. Uh, and you wait for <laughs> Like, no, like he's not doing any of that? I think, well, it's been a while that I now, you know, I've been living here for a while now, but I at least remember there was a time there, were, there used to be no reservations. Like, you know, we just walk in and the guy would be like, okay, we'll just go to any, any other place. Uh, now I definitely have seen people, you know, with the whole style of having those, you know, making some date plans or reservations, but especially with these, these reality TV shows and all these, you know, it's just uh, pumped up people and say, okay, we'll do this way and this way. They've given ideas to people. But in general, after, I'm pretty sure, and this, I'm sure, like any Indian wife who's now already married, you know, been with a guy for a while, I can guarantee no guy really pulls the chair. Nobody really cares. It's not like a thing that if I go out, I got to hold her bag and open the door for her. There's no such thing. What about holding hands in public? Monsi, that makes me so sad. I can produce babies. Come on. I know. I mean, yeah, you can put your ovaries to work, but hold my fucking bag. No, in India, it's considered if you hold hands, it might actually end up producing a baby as well. So just. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that was a. a (laughs) I don't know. Your ovaries get stimulated yeah just just by holding hands <laughs> i was not aware of that i did not i did not know that position of the kama sutra that's a different kind of position that they always refer to that's the safest one <laughs> yeah that's the safest and yet you still get pregnant so uh uh-huh. like, in other words no position is safe um it's safe no position is safe i mean Mansi, like so you you're you come to america and what you tell you did your parents know that you were applying for you know a scholarship like oh, nobody knew nobody knew I'll, call. Me, I'll be right back give me a second yeah yeah sure go for it i think Mansi's um making a call to india right now <laughs> just getting some confirmation the uh, is uh are you getting water Mansi? get some vodka Get some vodka, you said. Get some margarita. No, I am trying to see if my charge of my why my charge is not working. It's not charging my well. Oh no! Is yeah. the phone is the phone gonna die as we speak? No, it's my laptop, and I don't know why. It's supposed to be charging. It was working well just now, and suddenly it stopped. I think it. Uh, I think your. I think your uh, laptop might be a dude. It doesn't like all this conversation. <laughs> that could be possible very that very possible. possible um so why 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 did your parents not know that you were coming to america i mean that's a big deal they didn't know that i was applying they didn't know that i had a plan but uh eventually when i told them that i mean you know, i have uh 
a passport uh, required. Like I didn't have, I didn't own a passport, and we never, none of none of the family members had a passport at that time because we never traveled abroad and there was no need. Right. So it was the first time I had to go and apply for a passport, and um, I think that's when the whole thing started. And they're like, "Okay, it's really happening." And I said, "Yeah, I got the." uh admission and i'm going and at that time also it was very i was skeptical because not skeptical but i was i don't know if it, if i was scared of anything or if i was paranoid about the situation in america like you know i came with one thousand dollars in my pocket and right. i said you know what that's going to be my first month's rent and everything included so basically day two I land day two. I find the place to stay, and you know, set like whatever or temporary place I have, uh, and then I find a job. I got to do that because I'll be hand to mouth in like a month. I mean, I, yeah. So that I had, you know, decided which, to. Come. Which university did you go to? I went to USC. You went to USC, and when you go to USC, it, was that a full scholarship for you or no? That one was not. uh but i think it was the other one i think it was drexel and rochester uh which were with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere. even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus. Yeah. Which yeah, were right. giving the scholarship, yeah. Were, But so why the family doesn't give to masters? Uh, it gives to PhD. So I was told that, you know, they we don't give to anybody. I was like, "All right." Well, yeah, because you were coming for your masters, correct? Right. I was coming for my masters. Right, yeah. because you had already done your undergrad there. Right, right. Why didn't Why didn't you take Drexel or the other one that's paying for your full scholarship? Why USC? I did ask. I did some research, and I said, uh, "Which is the best of the five I received?" And then one of my friends from IIT Chicago said, "Hands down, USC." What are you talking about? And I was like, "Really? Is it that big of a deal?" And then I ended up, yeah. And you got and what what kind of master's degree did you get from USC? Uh, computer science. You got a computer science. Yeah. And how long did it take you to find a job once you got here? It was uh well actually once I got I did a very like I straight away went from a very renowned multinational company straight up to a kitchen in a restaurant. Dream, man. That's the immigrant dream right there. It was interesting to see myself one day, you know, I didn't know how to chop. I hated kitchen. I still hate kitchen. And I was working in a kitchen and I said, you know what? To hell with it. I will figure this shit out. Like, what do you want me to do? I was cutting turkey and beef and pineapple and I said, I don't know how to do this. What is this cutter? I have no idea what this what is this meat 
hanging and they said it's turkey and i was like okay how do i what am i supposed to do they're like you run this machine like this and it'll, it'll slice it down i was like all right this is easy and then the next guy comes and he goes oh i am i'm ramen and i can't touch it and i was like i, I got this don't worry it's easy and he's like no but it's like some animal there you can't do it like i was like it doesn't matter it's a freaking job and i gotta do this thing because i gotta pay my rent and i i remember that you know what that job taught me i said you know what you can do but say put your mind into something you can bloody do anything it doesn't give it doesn't even matter if you remove those blockers from your head right. you can do anything in the yeah. world I mean, was this working at USC or was this working at a restaurant nearby USC? USC. It was for the USC athletes. It was for the USC athletes. So there. Yeah. I mean, and did you grow up vegetarian? So was it odd for you to be touching all this meat? I would eat chicken and fish only when I came here. But uh, I was like, to hell with meat is meat. It doesn't matter. And you know what? Let's. I, if I have to do a job and whatever it takes, unless, you know, I'm hurting someone or slaughtering someone, I'm not doing that. So I said, you know what? I can do this thing. I got this. And then I got to just learn things. So then she said, you know, this is ranch and this is honey mustard and this is a thousand islands. I was like, I don't know what this is. All you got to tell me is like, you just teach me and I will learn this thing. And I, I still remember it for me, putting olive oil. And I was, this is something which I've learned. I didn't know. I mean, this is not what we did in India. Right. So it was nice to learn all of those things. And one day when, when I actually, you know, started earning and I went to a salad bar that I was like, oh my God, that's ranch. That's uh, honey mustard. And I said, I, yes, I know. <laughs> so now you're like slowly. I mean, when you went to USC is an expensive school. So like, yes. did you also have to pay for your own master's degree? Yes, of course. And it was super expensive. It took us, uh, it took me some time, but then it's fine. Yeah. I mean, did you like, did you had to take out a student loan to pay for it? Uh, I did. I did. And I, it took me like two, three years to pay it off. Yeah. Okay. I mean, are you uh, is your battery running low? Do you need to recharge? I, it didn't work that side. I'm trying to plug it in and I was like, it's not working. And uh, actually, I just set this whole thing up today. Uh, just for your show, just let, I'll be honest. Reason being because uh, I have not done a single show in this house. This wow. Yeah. Well, what about your phone? Is your phone charged? You can do it on your phone. I Can I? Yeah. How do I switch? You just take your phone. The link I sent you, just click that link. All right. Okay. Get off this, and then I'll just bring you in via that. Let's do that. Okay. Yeah. And you can just leave the phone on uh, the screen on uh, against your laptop, so it'll just. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it says have a laptop. Open in Safari. Okay. What man? You're an engineer, Mansi. Why are you a battery? We're uh, not. What is happening here? I am um, hooked to a point which I didn't know in this new house that it doesn't work. Or maybe I've not turned it on. That's okay. Uh, yeah. It's so. it's fine. Um, I wanted to actually, I know why, while you're doing that, Muncie, um, I also wanted to actually ask you, I mean, you're, you're coming to USC. You're like, it's your first time stepping out of the country, period. Yes. First time. Yes. You get on a plane and your parents are saying... Oh my God. What are the wisdoms? Oh my God. Don't see guys. Don't see them alone. Don't go out with them. Um, what, what are the, what are some of the wisdoms your parents are dropping on you before you hop on a plane to come here? All right. I'm going to bring you in here. Monsi. Hello. I am back. 
There you go. Perfect. Oh my god, this picture is so much clearer too. Oh, so really? Much yeah. <laughs> oh my god, this is so much better. Um, Hi, sir. So yeah, that, I didn't have any. Honestly, it was everything was so fast and everything was so last minute that none of those questions were put to me or like yeah. none of those uh, warnings or anything. It was literally like, how does a dollar look like? I don't know. We just figured it out. Right. You don't, I mean, I mean, you're going to what, like a, ex- a currency exchange place and you're like, give me a few, give me a thousand dollars. Funniest thing. And I'm being very honest here. Literally, I didn't know what's a quarter and what's a dime and what's a cent. So I figured right. cent is like copperish. So I'll figure out that cent. And then I had to measure the quarter and dime. And I said, you know what dime is? Uh, sorry, quarter is not the size. Quarter is the one which can get in for the laundry. So I <laughs> laundry laundry coin, and the rest are dime, I guess. So like that's how I would split the money. No idea what it means, what it does. Is it twenty five, five cents? No idea at that time. And I literally was everything was a hush, hush, hush. So just figuring out things. I think two years of full hustle, learning about a country from scratch. I didn't know what is an intersection. Didn't know what's a jaywalk. Um, I was so paranoid just to step down, just thinking that, you know, what somebody might just come up and say, oh, you're jaywalking. And I was, I'd learned all kind of bullshit things uh, and came half prepared. Now that I think about it, if, if I go to a new country without any knowledge, oh my God, I don't know why would I do that. <laughs> you know what it is, Monty? When we're young and when we're driven, we do a lot of stuff that as we get older, we're like, oh shit, I would never do that now. That No, well, I think, you know what, here's the thing. I would tell myself that even though, even though that time it was a very impulsive decision, I think that is one of the decisions that's got me so far. Sure. The risk, one of the major risks that um, I took. And I always commend myself whether if, if I was a third person, I would be like, you know what, um, yeah, kudos to you, all that good stuff. But that's what you call taking a risk. And right. to every freaking person who has taken major risk to get major gains. That's and right. That applies even like people people like Priyanka Chopra. I think it's a risk, even though she was very well established. She right. left all of that, left everybody. Not that, you know, she's at loss. She's not, you know, she's still in connection with the country. But right. end of the day, she is starting to um, build a new base. And right. America, especially South Asian, it's so hard to uh, yeah. cut through, you know, in a new country. It's very, you know about it. You know, right. It's right. hard, and especially not being stereotyped to have all kind of versatile roles. It's very difficult. So yeah. leaving your base and starting from scratch, it's a tough job. And I think, again, the more risk you take, the bigger rewards you get. So it's it's a given thing. And I think I would still want to do that and want to take that risk. Yeah, I mean, you know what it is, Monsi? It's like, you know, I meet a lot of um, American-born kids here, right? Whether they be kids of of any ethnicity, whether they be Jewish kids or even South Asian kids, or it doesn't matter. And the one thing that I've noticed is that these kids have so many options and so many privileges that they're so lost. Like, when you ask them, what is it that you want to do? They're like, I don't know. I don't know what, I, I, just, I know I want to go to college and party. That's, and like, that's not that's not even an ethnicity problem. That's it's a, not an ethnicity problem. Generation problem. That's it's a generational problem. I is the same thing happening in India too. I don't know what's happening in Pakistan, but is that same thing happening in India? 
It's a mixed blend. Again, same as here. It's a mixed blend. There are people who are lost. There are millennials who are so much into their phones that they don't have any self-esteem or, you know, any confidence. Uh, no public speaking experience. Forget public speaking. Just family speaking is so hard for them. Right. Uh, so much to ask for. Yeah. Uh, but there are uh, people who are also well-versed with the fact that technology is so fast, and you know, especially in India, which is so technology-driven, and you know, people, like it's it's it pays so much heed to um, um, coming upcoming technology. A lot of people end up really, you know, being being a dropout is a cool thing also which apparently is embedded in there so with that concept they're like okay we'll drop out and we'll go and join a startup so um a lot of them do that as well and so it's a mixed breed of both you know either too driven and you know trying to get like achieve something and start their own business or startup uh be an entrepreneur which is also like a buzzword going on and on the other hand, also being lost like there are different uh, breeds Right, right, right. I, I mean, um, look, I have uh, people that I know, like they have kids and they're just lost. They're like, well, I don't know what to do. And I feel like sometimes, you know, Monsi, like for people like you and I, uh, you know, we come from another country. We came here with like just the amount of ambition. Maybe, maybe I sometimes wonder, is too, maybe too many options is a bad thing sometimes. It is. Maybe, it is. Maybe sometimes I- you just should just have limited number of options. Do you, you do your fucking best in it and you excel. And then once you're really good at it, then you can expand into other options. Can you just say the recipe for dating? Because that's what's happening. Too many options is too bad. <laughs> too many options. It's too many options. It's, many I, options. Can't have a, I can't have a drug addict, an alcoholic. Huh? You have limited options. You're like, oh, I only have these. Whether you make it or break it, and otherwise, you know, you'll be single for life. So then you're like, all right, I gotta get yeah. my together. If yeah. You options. You're just thinking and then just getting confused. <laughs> but you know what it is, Monty. Like, given the given the options that we have to pick from uh, in Los Angeles in the dating world, I feel like those are limited options. Like, there aren't those options where you're like somebody who's family oriented has their shit together emotionally, financially, spiritually, age appropriate. Right? Somebody who wants who's emotionally available. Somebody who wants to make a life with you. Those are incredibly limited option like you don't we don't even have those options i don't know maybe you come across them but i definitely fucking don't no that's true that's true but i okay if i had to talk about the privileged and not so privileged people i think that even if you think you're privileged and you're lucky you might be mistaken and if you think you're not privileged and you're unlucky then also you could be you could you could be mistaken the reason being that if you are not so privileged you have tried to take bets on things that you don't know or try to take risks people like you and i we've fallen so many times and lifted up and picked ourselves again and again that we're not anymore afraid to fall that's right applies to any arena like even today if like tomorrow i have a major project launch happening it's gonna you know things are gonna fall fail and things are gonna blow up and it's a massive it's a major organization uh but it doesn't bother me that you know oh my god what if this happens when it happens we'll face it we got that right your shows you have shows and they have a good massive audience plus your rapper is on it so with all of that you're going to be like either i sit at home and i you know i don't want people to judge me and i don't want people to critique me or you're like bullshit i gotta go there and if something fucking goes wrong i will make sure that i bring it back again for sure from the situation you're coming from you know you've taken risk you've 
you've fallen down but also come back again with privilege that's the issue that you know you never get a chance to fall and then you're too afraid when you come to the real world you're like oh shit what if i fall right right no that's a that's a very very valid point i think uh you know when you're you're being like treated with kid gloves all your life and then all of a sudden you have to face the real world it's daunting it's it's terrifying because people like you and i we've eaten shit for so long like well, i'm just like it doesn't even phase me it's like next. <laughs> yeah give me the next place of turd like i've been fucking there here but already yeah but, yeah you know I, yeah yesterday somebody was telling me that one of his uh cousin is uh taking some wrong steps and investing money in some wrong uh, areas of life and he's been you know he might lose a lot of money and it's going to impact the family and he was like super worried about him one he's sitting in america the kid is in uh, the the cousin is in um uh what do you call india so he was all just while paranoid what is going to happen and i said you know what let him fall let him lose let him fail let him understand uh what failure is and you know that lesson is going to stay by you know you know will will remain with him all his life when he's making decisions for other things in his life not that i'm saying that that's the only way but sometimes you got to fail to be able to understand you can get up again right right yeah. you know i i i 100% agree i i i feel like um I feel like with everything that we're talking, right? Talking about. I mean, when you came to America and you achieved all these amazing things and you know, you got yourself in USC and all that, were your parents like, "Good job, Monsi. We're so proud of you?" What was that conversation? I I think okay, I'm not too sure about those words, but I do remember. <laughs> You're telling me that your parents did not say, "I am so fucking proud of you, Monsi." They did not use those words. I no I don't think like I think it's an Indian culture not to say it out loud like that's not a thing maybe but I do know that they were proud of me one thing I know when which was a witness to it that they were proud of me was once after I graduated um I did some funky 10 day trip out of my car and you know it got uh, published in Lean In which is by Sheryl Sandberg and that was one of the you know i never expected my story to be published on that platform which is a big deal it's in itself uh and i happened to share this across uh, my friends and my family so somebody from india one of my neighbor i didn't even know her that well she said oh your uh, article we read and i said i don't even know you i don't even know your name but i think you're my neighbor but how did you get to know about the article and you know so they said oh your parents uh, sent us uh, through whatsapp and that's when i realized that you know what mm. going places in a different way so there are different ways of maybe communicating <laughs> right right and you're right i mean in our culture it's not very you know honestly months in my expected out of you so you know what's like what's the big deal right cuz you're always expected to be extraordinary you're you you're that's- always expected to be extraordinary so when you do stuff you're just like yeah I I expected that I expected you to be extraordinary. I it's funny because um I asked my mom not too long ago I asked her I said mom what do you think of my career and like the person that I've become like what are your thoughts? 
And she said something to me that I never expected her to say to me. Because my, my mom and I have always had a very tumultuous relationship. And I, you know that. Um, we've talked about it plenty. And my mom was never very encouraging of me. I, I think it was quite the opposite. My mom was very almost like demeaning of me. Um, you know, she would always say, I can't believe you're my kid. Uh, you don't look like me. You're like not very attractive. And, you know, bullshit like that. Like you grow up with. I, that part, I don't, the last statement is so bullshit like you're not attractive who else like i've seen like ugly ugly. you're like what is wrong with you thank you you know what it is monsi as an adult after going through years of therapy i figured out why she was saying those things to me that's because i'm literally a fucking replica of my mother like if you put me and my mother next to each other we're like replicas of each other um and i think my mom was just going through such a difficult time at at the at the time that you know, when she looked at me, I think when she looked at herself in the mirror, she saw an ugly, she saw ugliness, right? Because there was a lot of domestic violence in our house. There was, a, you know, my father would beat the hell out of my mom. There was a lot of physical violence. And I think my mom just felt ugly. So I think when she saw me and she saw a reflection of herself, she was like, if I'm ugly, then this reflection is ugly too. Right. So this is I mean, this is just me as an adult. But when you're a kid, you don't understand. You're just like, you're my parent. Like, I love you. Like, why are you talking to me like this? Like, why? Why do you think I'm ugly? I mean, for me, I was I thought all my childhood uh, that I was so ugly that I had to work to be to be funny and to be really good in school and like do all these other things to be like, look, ma, don't you love me? I'm amazing. I'm, I'm ugly, but I do these things, don't I? And um. And I think as an adult, like, you know, when I had this conversation with her, she said to me, she's like, oh, you've become extraordinary. I was like, what? She was like, you have become extraordinary. Something that I never expected you to become. I, these are, these, you have achieved things that I, my, my mind could never even fathom the things that you've achieved. Now, this is not something, Monty, you and I know. This is not something that South Asian parent would ever fucking say. You know that. Because really, it's really difficult to get compliments out of South Asian parents. I'm surprised. I'm really- I am super, I was super surprised. I was just like, I was like, do you have a fever? Like, <laughs> do you want to take a temperature? Like, what happened? Where did you come out of? Wow. What, is, what is happening? But I think for my mom, I mean, look, I'm the first person in my family to say, I love you. You know, when we hang up the phone or be like, I love you. I miss you. And I remember the first time I said it to my mom, my mom was like, oh, what? What did you just say? Like, I said it to my brothers and they were like, what? Like, it was odd. They it's just. Odd. It's odd. Yeah. It's, it's, a it's a, like you don't emote, like you don't connect. And it's so needed. Like, we need to express to each other. Hey, I fucking love you. Like, I miss you. You are my blood. Like, I love you. And I think that's a very, that's a very, that's a very big thing. What about your mom? Have you ever had that kind of an interaction with your mother on that level? I think on that level, that uh, the most, um, the closest one was, you know, when my father was really battling and he was on the deathbed. And that's when I think the family really came together. It was, it's, you know, it's the dark. Sorry, did he have cancer? No, no, no. He was, um, he had, he had a kidney failure, which I ended up, you know, with the heart attacks so, well he had a he had a heart attack and then he had a kidney failure he mm. had a heart attack and then he had the second heart attack so basically and he must have been young he was young right he was young yeah he was fairly young and it was just 62 um but that oh. that happened suddenly and it you know he passed away but right before he passed away i think the entire family kind of got together and it, that was a very emotional moment and i think uh, that happened after 
like us coming together after years i don't know decades yeah right right i mean would you say that you had a, a good relationship with your dad with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was okay. I wasn't so close to him, but it was okay. Yeah, I was like, I think, and I think I am very much along your lines. What you say, you know, trying to prove, trying to say that you know I have done this and I've achieved this and I'm gonna achieve this, just to get a validation. Just mm-hmm. that trophy, just to get that compliment. Right, right. I have a lot of caliber, and I can do so much more. And and I think it, I think that validation kind of was missing. And I think it's yeah. the same. I recently saw yeah. this, which was on Netflix. I forgot the name. It's a from Friends or something. And there's this one girl who has who runs her own show uh, at the level of Ellen's show and Oprah's show, and they kind of portraying that you know how that female is having this uh, um you know she's driven she does all these things but she also has a, a drug addict mom mm-hmm. and all this while when she gets a very major show she books for a very you know her own major show and a major network books her she goes back to the mom uh, saying that hey you know what this happened and the mom goes all right well i knew well, good money, good for you. And then again, she comes back saying, oh my God, she couldn't even appreciate that I've achieved so much and I'm now on a big network. But, and I, oh my God, I was like, oh, I can see what this is, you know, when she's trying to get the validation from the mom. Uh, she's trying to still convince her and in her worst state, she's like, please, you know, at least now consider me as a successful person. Um, right. And you know, Mansi, all uh, all those words, right? validation, uh, compliment, it all just boils down to love. Like you're uh, really just talking about love, right? Those are those are all just layered words, right? But at the core of it, it's love, right? You're just saying, look, I achieve all these things. Aren't you proud of me? Don't you love me that I've achieved and done all those things, right? Yeah. And I think, and I think, um, I, I feel like so much of it is, you know, in, you know, it, it's also cultural. It's also familial. It's not necessarily just cultural. I've met tons of uh, Desi families, South Asian families that have Indian and Pakistanis that have wonderful parents. They love to express to their children how much they love them and they appreciate them and there is, you know, they lift uplift them. So I I would say that it's probably a family thing. It's like saying in America, all well, you know, America I can't even say America, like white families or black families or whatever, or Latino families all uplift their children. It's like they, you know, that it's just family to family. People are just people, right? <laughs> Around the world. People are just people. They're <laughs> You know, they're just trying to do the best they can. And I feel like, yeah, in our in our family, that was like never really a thing, right? It's uh we don't we don't express love. You're not you're not allowed to express love, but rather it translates and it's also conditional. It's also very conditional. If yeah. you do this, then I will love you. I think more important I think it's also awkwardness. There's this awkwardness. Like it's not normal to say I love you. It's not normal to say, um, you know what you make me proud i don't think so i feel like it's it's awkward for them to just like say it out that 
hey you know what you did this i'm very proud of you like that statement itself is there's an awkwardness to that um mm. on the other hand just saying that hey go and cook and clean and what not that's not awkward that's normal that just comes naturally to them because that's the norm of the, the, the well normal as because it's been normalized right who normalized it people did that's been normalized but what was supposed to be normalized that's just like saying thing things like that that i love right. you i care for you or you know i got your back or yeah. and you can you can always rely on or like some basic things you know it's just some basic thing but those are in america it's there uh, even in american indian families it's there cuz it's part of the you know american culture but in india i don't think it's like it uh, maybe the more uh, upper class are still able to able to imbibe from the west but most of the normal indian households it's they don't really say words like oh i'm proud of you or uh, um it's very hard and especially i've seen this mm. that for a male of the a man in the house a male in the house it's hard for them to convey this uh, i don't know what's the thing is it ego or is it something else but it's hard for them to say it out loud that you know i am proud of you it just mm. that thing well because just like you said it's not normalized right it's kind of being like oh what are you being a weirdo oh what are you a westerner now Oh, what you, oh, what do you live in America? And it's just like it has nothing to do with geography. It just has to do with humanity. Humanity, yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, it has nothing to do with that. James said, "It was only after my father passed away when my family started telling each other, 'We love you.' I mean, that's that's the same thing in my family, James. And thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's the that's the thing. I mean, do you does your family cuz you have a younger sister? Do you and when you talk to your mom and your sis- younger sister, do you guys express to each other and say, "Hey, I love you?" Yeah, I think now my sister and I have started talking more often, I feel. I think we've started uh, even exchanging some of our thoughts and how you're feeling, good, bad, ugly. We share more comparatively. Um and things have changed. The dynamic has changed quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and in good ways bad ways both and again you know i think i've learned i read this somewhere that a death is one thing that can either bring the family together or can make it fall apart right. and so true uh, you know in certain ways it was just like oh my god this is the end and then suddenly you know when there was this void and everybody just came together suddenly so there is this yeah. weird thing that happens which i was not i was not aware of and i did not know what to expect but when things were happening you just didn't know what to do and how to handle uh yeah. but for the period of time when you have that void the person yeah. on i think people come together and people tend to appreciate each other more forget about the bullshit about cultures and background and what your religion says and what your country says and all that crap like come on you're a human first huh? that's right no i i 100 i absolutely 100% agree with you i mean monsen now you've you know i i mean tell me how you even got into stand up comedy i mean how do you go from uh, you know getting your masters at usce and then uh, getting a becoming an engineer and then uh being like you know what I'm going to go do stand up comedy now. Actually, like I'm getting into that. There's a there's a segment missing from there. So I did my engineering that I also did radio show in LA for a year. Um I did Pooja Batra show. Then after that I fin- I I was bored of radio. I left that. I did uh make a short film. I was part of a couple of short films. I was part of a bunch of film festivals. and i was exploring and i wanted to have that creative side out and uh, while that was happening i happened to date a comedian and that happened uh and you know when he uh, will not be named 
who shall not be named so when i started dating i was not having the intention to perform or really be on stage and that was never the intention i was very supportive i'm hoping I'm, i can be called as a supportive girlfriend but i was very supportive and i was very much into the shows just as much as he was because i was being his um, cheerleader so i would literally watch and you know be able to give feedback and stuff so who's who's lolling here who's lolling uh, uh, <laughs> he wants a name he's like give me the Don't name give it here uh, you might know him though but i've got to tease you now i'm not going to give you the names here <laughs> i'm not giving that name yes yes so i i mean the good the good well the, we broke up and you know it didn't work out we it went for a while and you know it did it end well we broke up i not not just i was missing the relationship but i started missing the shows and when i started i was like oh my god i'm really wanting to go and watch these shows but i was like no i've always been on the other side i've always been in green room i've always been up behind the stage so i know what happens you're checking the mic you're picking checking the lights like i was part of that whole regime so um i happened to accidentally not accidentally i was looking at groupon and i was like oh some deal is going on some comedy classes okay we i'll just buy it and some cheap deal doesn't matter even if i don't go it doesn't matter it's just just book it out of this impulse i just booked it and i was like ah, no nobody's going and like you know i don't need to go are you mad who's going to go and then the day came and i got some notes from my teacher and he said you got to got you know bring this bring this bring this i'm like oh shit i got a homework to do so the nerd in me is like all right let's you know let's just do some homework and go there and just go and take the classes and after taking the classes uh in the middle of these classes i tried to bribe myself and said you know what let's give it a shot and go to one of the open mics and i dragged myself dragged myself told myself i'll get myself a starbucks coffee to go on an open mic uh, just for the heck of it went to haha club did my open mic came out and i got a call from when you sign up you put your number in there right got a call from a producer saying i loved your content and i was like are you crazy what do you mean he's like oh it's so different because i've never had this you know indian girl coming and telling her story and i was like you crazy and like what do you want she goes you're what were you saying what were you telling what were your joke what was what's the story I, you were telling oh you know an indian female things of when it, when she comes here what are her challenges uh, what is she facing and then the dating life from an indian perspective someone who's coming from outside coming to la uh, that kind of stuff those those jokes and then you know uh, from an indian standpoint what do how do people perceive you when you're wearing a sari or when you're wearing a bindi you know that kind of stuff it's totally different from you know what americans or whites or blacks or dick jokes it's not that <laughs> <laughs> dick jokes <laughs> dick so, jokes make the world go round mansi Well that's true you know eventually everybody lands up with a big joke. Yes they do. Now I do. So they said she's like you're going to be on my show uh, would you like to be and I said no I don't I can't I don't know what to say like I'm not even so I've not even reached my uh show uh showcase of the class and she said you know you just come up and just say for like you know perform for 5 minutes and I was like all right so The good thing about America is, you know, people are very supportive. People are very yeah. genuinely nice. So I went up on stage and I said, you know, this is my first time, guys. So just suck it up and listen to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have to say something, even if you don't laugh, doesn't matter. It's my first time, and everybody was so supportive. They're like, yeah, that was the best. And you know what? That gave me a kick. I said, oh my god, this is something. But still, I was so paranoid and shitting in my pants. I'm like, I still have the footage, and I look at it, and I'm so embarrassed. so awkward 
I did the whole thing and I just left. Then I did my showcase. Um, and still I was not uh, planning on pursuing, Mona. There was no plan to do comedy. Until I think uh, around the same time, after three shows, four shows in three, four months or five months, um, my father's news happened. Mm. I think that hit me hard. And that was like, it's the end of life. And I was like, all right, you know what? Let's, I got a, I got that time I had a, a spot. I got a spot in a ice house and somebody's like, Hey, would you want to do this? And I said, Oh, actually I'm right now. Funeral. And she's like, no, 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 it's not this one. It's next one. I'm like, idiot. I am at my father's funeral. Like, what do you expect me to say? Right. Um, and then I think after a month when the date was coming closer, I was like, you know what? This is the best distraction I can have. Right. So I think that's when it picked up. And then, um, there was no turning back. Right. I mean, uh, you've been, you know, you've been doing comedy for how long now, Mansi? It's been, I started in 2015 and now what, 2021. Yeah. 2015. Okay. So yeah. So you've been doing about five, six years now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like uh, doing stand up also helps you somehow in your, you know, your, your day gig of being an engineer? Oh, I have to tell you this. You have no idea what happened. Recently. So I work for one of the major networks and uh, we have a lot of other shows, uh, one of them being Mike and Donnie's show. It's so funny that I uh, do the engineering side of broadcast and, you know, um, delivering those shows and the engineering aspect of it. But I definitely deal with shows and, uh, you know, all the, uh, the content delivery. So one day I was and I know the show names, all the, the list of shows that go through my system. So and. Out of blue, I was watching, I was looking at in my Instagram, found one of the artists, one of the comic I had performed with um, in uh, several times I performed with her, Sairi. She was uh, also recently, this is like not two weeks back, she was on Mike Nani's show and it just happened, Mona, that literally my engineering side and my comedy side just came together. I was like, wait a second. What I'm working on is actually my friend on my screen. And I was just so elated. I said, you know what? It's to a point where both the worlds actually coincide today. That's wonderful. Does she know that you're an engineer for this network? She does know that. And I told her, I said, dude, I, she, she had put, put a poster out there that tomorrow I'm going to be on Mike and Nani's show. And I was like, first, you're going to come to me because it's going to come to my system. And then, you know, they recorded the live show on Zoom. And then it was in my system. And I said, girl, I have you on my screen right now. Uh, it was very interesting to see the whole situation where I realized that me working hard in both the spaces has come to a point where I can say that, hey, you know what, as an artist, I know her and I can also be from that side. Plus, as an engineer, I'm on this side. It just, you know, it just feels like two worlds meet at some point. I mean, what do you want to do, Mansi? In the next five years, do you want to eventually kind of transition out of engineering into stand-up comedy? What do you want to do? You know, I always think about it as I don't want to, I never like putting myself in this structure. I don't like a structure. I hate to put myself as an an engineer also. I tend to, you know, diversify myself. Um, There there was a time I was expert in Microsoft. Then three years back, I was an expert in Google um, Cloud. Today, I'm an expert in Amazon Cloud. Totally different. But I like to diversify myself. Similarly, 
comes to artists, I was doing radio, then I was doing movies, and now I was doing comedy, and then I hosted a bunch of shows. So I don't like to put myself in a bucket and say, you know what, in a structure and say, you know what, this is who I am, because I want to explore. Uh, you're doing something like this, you know, it may not be stand comedy, but this is so much creative, which brings so much authenticity to a conversation where mm-hmm. a lot of people love to listen and say, you know what, oh, I have dealt with something similar. So it's not comedy, but it's so authentic. So I, I feel like, you know, it's similar to what you're doing. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, um, I don't want to put myself in any shell. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I I mean, it's not even so much about putting yourself in a shell, but like, you know, when you kind of, you know, like for myself, right? Like in the next like 10 years, like let's say five, even five or even five years, 10 years, like I want to become a successful executive producer. That's what I want to do, right? That's like kind of my ultimate goal, right? And I still want to be able to do stand up and I still want to be able to do these fun things and put on shows, but I ultimately want to be an executive producer. So I think in those terms, so I guess for you, because you have your footing in two worlds, you have a day. want to walk like that. <laughs> and you still kind of, you know, so I wonder if you're going to be kind of, uh, you know, you're going to have your footing in both those worlds for the next 5, 10, 15 years. I would want to. I still would want to. I do want to excel in both the worlds. Uh, but definitely, I wouldn't say there are two different worlds. There's so many times when that side of the world coincides with my other side in several huh. Whether even if it's like public speaking to talking in an executive meeting, uh, it, you know, it all coincides. Like that same persona is helpful in both the ways, I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know, you end up actually having, like how I think Sam was saying, um, you uh, you know he makes like jokes technical or like logical it's just the way his brain functions and that's because he's an engineer so that's uh, right samson's an engineering too right yeah 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 i mean it's oh your your voice your volume went away for a sudden oh no i said i can understand that right 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 no I, i i can totally understand that too i mean we're gonna start wrapping up, Mansi. But what uh, what do you have? I mean, have you done any shows during the pandemic online? What's what's I, the jam? So I did a couple of Zoom shows, uh, but I think my my whole energy comes from my audience. I really feel you know that whole feel of being in a room and talking to people, or you know ex- experiencing their laugh. I feel that's the whole essence. It's it's not just one way conversation or just giving giving your you know throwing out your jokes so i miss that so i did a couple of zoom shows and i just didn't get a feel of it so i stopped uh, then i started a new thing uh, with another organization where i was interviewing a lot of uh, renowned people or uh, doctor covid doctors covid patients uh, you know COVID, so so that we can get the expertise in the house that was interesting i think that was a really good refreshing experience different from what i was doing earlier in stand up um now i am wanting to do something i put something together but with my new house i have not been able to do it that's right i mean and congrats you bought a new place thank you thank you well now it's official now that it's on the camera and recorded it's all official (laughs) it's official and uh now uh you don't you don't have to worry about uh you know uh now you can have a guy move in with you if he doesn't have a house that's the plan You're like, I don't move in with dudes. Dudes move in with me. That's so true. Well, you know what? It can be both ways. I'm not saying that one way or the other, but I'd rather have. Well, you know what? When you're with a woman like that, uh, then um, there's a lot in the store. So for both like us, I think uh, people should open up their minds. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, look, you know, uh, 
we 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 may come in a really sweet package, but we have a little bit of thorns. But trust me, they the, but, those thorns are good for you. Yeah, but that's too boring. If you have only just like sweetness, oh my god, you're gonna die of diabetes. I'm sorry. Like if that's what you want, I'm you're just too boring. If you just like right, yeah. right. Yeah, you're, you're uh, uh, here we go. James said, thanks, Mona and Mansi. Another great chat. Have a wonderful weekend. And then Malkit said, God bless all. Have a nice time. Good luck to your new adventures. Thank you very much, James and Malkit. Appreciate it. Mansi, where can people follow you? So on Instagram, it's Machar, M-A-C-H-C-H-A-R, which means mosquito. And I suck the blood. Um, then suck I- the blood. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad you said blood and not something else. I know that that I had to spell it out. You know what? Like, <laughs> well, that too. But we'll talk about that in dash in our. Other those, those are separate dick jokes. We do <laughs> not for the stage. Yeah, not for this one. Uh, then you can find me Mansi Mera on Facebook and on YouTube, or you can just uh, find mansimera dot com, and then all of my uh, links will be there. Awesome. Mansi, I love you. Thank you very much for doing this. And I love you too. And thanks for having me. This is so much fun. And thanks for Same here. giving me this kick to get things sorted. Yay. I'm so, so glad. It's so good energy. It's so good. Awesome. Well, I love you and I will talk to you soon, my friend. Love you too. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. That was a lovely Monty Mara. I know you guys and I, I mean, I enjoyed that conversation so much because I always, I also learned so much about how Monty thinks. I think I've known her for a while and we've had some really deep conversations, but today was also really good because I got to see a different side of Monty too. Uh, you guys, if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, please do. It would mean the world to me. You can go to youtube.com forward slash Mona Shake Comedian. Uh, you can also follow me on TikTok and Facebook with the same Mona Shake Comedian. And of course, Instagram and Twitter at Mona's Comedy. Always a pleasure. Have a great weekend. I will see you on Monday. Stay safe out there. Have a good night.